Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy, romance, and all of the wonderful places they overlap. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. And today is Friday, September 4th, Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. And, um... I forget what weekend it's called in Canada, but they also have a three-day weekend here. My friend Kelly Robson messaged me this morning and asked me if I planned to take the long weekend, if I planned to take Monday off. And I said, you know, it hadn't even occurred to me <laughs> to do that. And she replied, ah, the joys of self-employment. And I said, yes, true. But then I thought about it and thought, you know, maybe she's right. Maybe I should take Monday off. So I'm going to talk to Dorinda and see what she thinks. Um, you know, it's sort of weird, as you all know, taking days off right now, because I almost feel like I want to bank them, you know, <laughs> bank them for the future when I can actually go do something with my days off. And of course, it doesn't matter. But, um, I definitely felt it having Sunday be so busy, um, being booked up. And it would be nice to have, this weekend should not be anywhere near so busy, but it might be nice to have a three-dayer and just uh, enjoy doing some projects around the house. I definitely have some things I'd like to get done. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm running a little behind schedule today. <clears throat> it's already a quarter till nine. I overslept. I didn't wake up till 6.37. Uh, but I did my usual things. I did my run and did the walk. We walked up to the grocery store today and got a few things. So once this is done, I can hop on with Dorinda and get the words done today. I've been doing those interviews for the Sephora blog editor. So I've got another one of those this afternoon and one tomorrow morning. And then I'm done with those obligations. But there's another project that I'm trying to bring home. And I ended up spending a fair amount of time on that yesterday afternoon or evening. So I think it could happen. I just need to uh, do the work to get it there. And it's important to me, so it's something that I handed off to other people and other people dropped the ball. And I've been trying to be a good kitty and been sitting on my hands as I was asked to do to let somebody else handle it. And that person has now officially handed it back. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, like this could have been done in May. But, you know, hey, so it goes. So let's see. Um, you know, for some reason, this has been a slow week on the writing. And it could be because of not having that full weekend off. Something to consider. I did okay yesterday, but I did, um, I don't know, I did like 2,500 words again. That seems to be my current rate that first hour has been slow but i have been going back and reworking uh, 
So that's probably why. Um, you know, so I got like 400 the first hour, and then the second hour, I almost made a thousand. I, I don't know, it was like 900 something. And then the third hour, I made like 1300. <laughs> so it was like, eh, only I could do that every time. And something I have to recall is that I can go back and layer in some things. I saw some cover mock-ups for Under a Winter Sky this morning. Need to share those with the group and get feedback from everybody. I think uh, there's one that I particularly like. So I need to um, I need to double check with the cover artist because she's got a rule on no more group feedback because it's too difficult for her. But I need to check that I can at least ask the group for the favorites and then come back to her. Uh, if not, I'll make an de executive decision as the organizer. <laughs> Little Wren talking. The birds are really flocking up here, really gathering together, preparing for their flights farther south, and birds from the north starting to come through. The tanagers moved on. They stripped us of our grapes and continued on their way. But uh, it sure lights up the cats when we are so uh, birdful like this. And the birds are... Um, they're kind of distracted they're, because they're focusing on the flocking up and the eating food and everything. They're just more careless than usual, and it makes it easier for the cats to catch them. So we've had uh, two bird casualties this week. Actually, Jackson caught a third, but he didn't kill it. It was stunned, and I set it off to the side in the shade, and it did fly away, so that was good. But Isabel killed a bird. And, you know, Isabel is our senior cat, and she's something like in her late 70s in cat years, and she, uh, <laughs> yeah, was so pleased with herself that she managed to catch that bird. She was really proud, and brought it in, and was meowing loudly, and just really making a big deal about it. And then she wanted to go out and lay another ambush by the bird bath, and get another one, but I told her no. <laughs> but she was feeling pretty vindicated that she is the still the queen. Still the queen cat. Still has her claws in her teeth. So let's see. What else? What else do I have to tell you guys? Um... My mom asked me if we were going to do anything fun this weekend, and <laughs> I was like, well, no, probably not. Um, not much of anywhere to go. The lakes we would go to are closed. Oh, no, I sure would be nice to take the kayaks out. Maybe I'll task David with that. The other thing is, is that there might be a lot of people out with it being a three-day weekend, and that's um, probably more of a risk than we would like to take. 
unfortunately, even though New Mexico's numbers are really good now. Uh, looking for vaccine distribution starting November 1st, right? That's uh, what we're all looking forward to. So let's see, what else? <laughs> well, you could tell I'm a little bit tired because I just don't have all that much to say. Could talk about what we've, what, we haven't even been watching all that much. Um, we got tired of Silicon Valley uh, after season four, which I've heard people say that season four isn't that great, but we're not <laughs> feeling motivated to continue. It was the, um, I didn't like the continual failure and self-sabotage along with that failure. Um, you know, I know that that's something that people feel like they need to do that or and maybe even they do need to do it to sustain a series if you want to i think i have talked about this a lot in, in long running series and books too that if you want to sustain the story over a long period of time then you have to have an ongoing conflict right um and if the conflict is resolved, then you have to come up with a new conflict. And a show like Silicon Valley, it's a fairly tight niche little world. And all of the conflicts that they came up with, new conflict, were essentially the same. It was, you know, always, oh no, it turns out we don't have funding and the app won't work. And you know, somebody steals it from us, somebody else has the license, the patent, the intellectual property, and after a while, if it's the same conflict, you just start to get tired of it, especially if the people not only don't seem to grow, well, they don't seem to recognize, oh, well, we went through this before, and what did we learn, boys and girls? Uh, instead, they make even stupider decisions. So, and, and this is something I know I've complained about bitterly is when the show writers take a character and have them begin to behave in a way that their character would not. And not because they've grown or learned, but like sort of in a randomly weird way. And so by the end of season four of Silicon Valley, they had Richard, who had always been kind of a a very earnest and honest individual, if nothing else, making dishonest choices. And they even had him have like an impulsive affair with a woman engaged to someone else, like the passion just overcame them. And he was just not that guy. It was really a weird choice. You know, and I think they do it just to keep, keep the story alive. But it's, it's a good thing to keep in mind for if you're writing a series because certainly that situation the cyclical nature of conflict is very true of our lives that many of us feel like we encounter the same problems and situations over and over again which we often think 
can interpret as the universe saying, ah, you have not yet learned your lesson. Try this one again. At least that's how I look on it. But if you are writing a book, then you want to, or a series, then you want to pick a conflict. And overall, I get asked about this sometimes, you know, like, how do you plot the arc of an overall series? And really, it needs to be this overarching conflict that is not easily ended. And yesterday, I complained some about certain writers or worlds who create this immense conflict, and then have it never manifest. You know, it, that like sometimes there can be this countdown thing where there's like, oh, you know, in another day, our grace period will be done and all these people will come and attack us. And then they never do. And it's like, well, whatever happened to that thing where everybody was going to come attack you? Uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, they come up with more interesting immediate balances and or balances, <laughs> conflicts and chase that. A particular idea there's nothing wrong with chasing that idea but boy you know if you set up this overall conflict and say oh this thing's going to be really terrible then <clears throat> i don't know it bothers me if it just kind of vanishes because it's not convenient to the plot anymore the thing about setting up a huge overall conflict like that is that it does give you plenty of room to sustain internal conflict that your characters can battle. I mean, you know, we could... <laughs> there are a lot of jokes that if 2020 were fiction, we wouldn't believe it. But, you know, there have been a lot of challenges in this year, and you can kind of draw from that and look at the way uh, the various disasters have cascaded and affected each other. You know, so the coronavirus pandemic is a force of nature, but it's one that would not have been so terrible in the U.S. had we not had, and you know, you guys know me, or I'm not going to surprise anyone by saying this, completely incompetent federal leadership. Um, our federal leadership in the White House uh, not only did not care to address the problem, there's evidence that, uh, you know, Trump didn't want to deal with it because he felt like it affected mainly uh, democratic cities. And so he was just as, you know, he views them as business competitors, right? You know, so he was just as happy to let them wither up and die. Uh, Short-sighted because they are not business competitors, but we won't go there. Anyway, coronavirus pandemic force of nature, exacerbated by a political situation, which then caused economic problems as people dealt with the pandemic and then caused, um, not caused, but highlighted racial tensions and social inequality. And not, not the least of which because, you know, Many of the federal leadership figured that it was going to be mainly the poor and marginalized who were affected by the pandemic anyway. And so you can sort of see how all of this interlaces. And, I'm, and I apologize if this is difficult to listen to because I know it's been a very stressful, terrible year. 
you know, and it's funny because, you know, now it's hurricane season and people are like, how can we possibly have devastating hurricanes with everything going on? But it's like, well, that's just usual. <laughs> we always have hurricane season. We're, we're dealing with global, global climate change. So the, the weather is more unpredictable and more extreme, which is also connected to the political situation, right? So these are just all ways to look at how can you set up an overarching conflict that is ongoing. Because while it's a temptation and sometimes an expectation for the protagonist to defeat the big bad in the end, there are not easy fixes for a lot of these things. And it just takes some creativity and diligence to uh, really dig into I don't know, different ways for your characters to be challenged by the external conflicts and combat them without doing this thing where they are like hitting their heads against the exact stone, same stone wall over and over. And look at this, it's 8.59. I think I'll wrap, well, actually, let's. I'll just keep you guys on the line here. Oh, I could pause. I'm going to pause. Hang on. Okay. I texted Dorinda and told her I'm running 10 minutes late. So I did want to share with you guys that I got my beautiful knitted trunk and head doll from the amazing Willow Draven. And I'm including a photo with the uh, podcast today. And I will include her um, contact information uh, I it ended up being uh, Grace uh, Willow's mother and my bestie bought it from her daughter for my birthday present so I think this may be officially the last birthday present my mom says the birthday's not over till all the gifts are in I think this signifies all the gifts are in but it's just fantastic I want to rearrange all of my fairies and hanging heads this is maybe what I will do this weekend so I hope that you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope that if you can take time off, you do. And I hope that you can find something lovely to do with the time. It is important to celebrate our holidays, even in the midst of everything that we're dealing with, right? First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all Hmm. Well, if there's not a podcast on Monday, you'll know it's because I took the day off. So then it'll be Tuesday. You all take care. Bye-bye.